It's Tuesday, January 30th, 2018. I'm your host, Charlotte Green. Welcome back to The Lead. Today, a couple guys eat one too many edibles on the job. Problem is, they're cops. Now they're in big trouble. Bitcoin and Buddha are bringing millennials into Wall Street, and it turns out we haven't moved that far past reefer madness. Let's get into it. to the weed with Charlotte Green. I am super excited to be joining you this Saturday afternoon. If you're joining us through one of our live streams, make sure that you comment and share. Get in on the action, on the conversation. We are actually giving away some Paradiso swag this week. Here's the swag bag that you'll be sent and in it you'll find a ton of legal weedy goodies like um, a lot of these cute pins they have these cool postcards you know paradiso send someone a postcard from paradise super duper cute and some matches and stuff so that's like the the first win and then one person this month is going to be selected to walk away with their choice of either the baby beta rig or the mama beta. Your choice. Um, so that all will go to a couple of lucky people that are commenting, sharing, and interacting. Okay? Share, comment, get involved, and be sure to subscribe to the Weed newsletter at theweed.tv, the Weed podcast on iTunes, and you can, of course, watch on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Just search The Weed with Charlotte Green and subscribe there. Now let's get into today's pod topics. Now up first, two on-duty cops in Toronto are in a bit of trouble after eating edibles they took from a raid. Vice reports that the two Toronto officers raided a dispensary Saturday night, then early Sunday morning ate some of the raided edibles while still on the clock. When they didn't get high fast enough, the cops allegedly made the rookie mistake of consuming more edibles, which goes against the first rule of edibles. Don't eat more. When the weed, when the weed eventually kicked in, the officers were so high they had to call who else but cops for help. Reports say that after the high set in, the stoned officers got freaked out when they began allegedly hallucinating and called their colleagues and an ambulance from a police car. But when backup arrived, one of them ran off in a panic. The thieves were later taken to a hospital for treatment and will hopefully be charged for the theft. Um, my thoughts on this situation, raids really suck. I've had to endure two of them. Um, my dog still freaks out every time he hears a loud knock or bang at the door because he was there with me. Um, super, super traumatic. The fact that these officers are in there raiding these people, causing this trauma over cannabis is bad. The fact that these officers 
know that they're in there doing it for a substance that's safe enough for them to take home and consume themselves, that's also, I, this whole thing is just all around bad. I'd say the one redeeming thing of this is whoever owns this dispensary, you probably get a free pass from whatever they might be trying to throw at you. I mean, their officers reported the theft that they committed while conducting this police operation at your bis at your alleged business. So, I mean, I'm always on the side of the rebel for the most part. It sucks when I hear anyone has had to go through that sort of raid over cannabis. Um, but yeah, at least we all know about it. Is it a good thing? Like I'm, I'm digging through the story, trying to find a good thing that, that we can pull from it. Is it a good thing that police that are out there doing the raiding now know that it's a substance that's safe? Safe enough for them to, to take home and try and have a jolly old time with? Is that a good thing? Is that progress? Yes? Let me know in the comments. Win some shit. Comment, share, let me know what you think. Um, and if you know the people that own the dispensary or anyone that's been here, we'd love to connect. We're all into Skyping this season. We'll show you with our interviews. That'll start next week. But next up in Pot Topics, Newsweek says there are two things driving millennials to invest. One is cryptocurrency, the other, cannabis. With investors under 35 spiking 72% last year, marijuana and blockchain stocks are credited with enticing millennials who've been historically distrustful of the market that crashed during either their formative years or as they entered the workforce. And it looks like their efforts will pay off as the cannabis industry is expected to grow by a third next year, from 7.3 billion to 9.7 billion, and with cryptocurrencies growing 1,400% last year alone. Doesn't seem like a bad option either. Now, of course, um, we are weary of Wall Street. Growing up with Bernie Madoff, in the news and AIG going bankrupt and the Occupy protests. I was in college when the market crashed and I was working at NBC in Dallas. I was really fortunate to have grown up in Alaska and then gone to college immediately after in Texas, two states with really strong like state economies. So um, my understanding was that these were two places hit the least, but um, my time at the NBC in Dallas, the newsroom went from being like full to literally half of the desks if everyone was in there weren't full. Like that's how many cuts were made. And these were salaries that people were counting on to feed their kids and, and it was huge. And the advice that I got from everyone that was working there at the time, get out of news. I listened years and years later, eventually said fuck it. But um, everyone was really, really feeling the effects of um, the system that we were counting on. So I love the fact that millennials, not sure if I'm one um, or not, maybe a quasi-millennial, are interested in making money on our own terms. You know, turning to sources that our parents probably scoff at. Not my mom, she's in a cryptocurrency. 
uh, that surprised me. She was teaching me a thing or two about it. <laughs> so very cool. Um, people are always asking one of the most common questions we receive here at The Weed with Charlotte Green is how can I get involved in cannabis? Even if my state isn't legal yet, how can I cash in on the green rush? So apparently cryptocurrency and cannabis seem to be where most of your peers are going. Look into it. I don't give investment advice. Um, I'm, I'm not going to put myself in that position. Enough trouble as it is. Next story. It seems everyone has their own opinion on legalization. Some for it, some really against it. We told you how New Jersey's new awesome governor was working to legalize marijuana. Well, he's facing a ton of opposition from the communities that reform will benefit most. Case in point, a Newark pastor recently published an op-ed where he spelled out his reefer madness fears that recreational weed would destroy low-income communities and affect children. He's afraid of high drivers, the slim possibility of children and infants getting contact highs, uh, and the list goes on. But then on the opposite of the argument, uh, you of me and you. Each time we talk about stories like these, and this was published in nj.com, that's, that's a huge resource and a lot is happening in New Jersey. So they're giving this voice, this train of thought, he isn't the only one that shares these fears, a huge platform to be heard. So that's why we're sharing it here. Each time we talk about stories like these, I hope we realize the plant isn't the problem, it's our attitude, understanding, and action surrounding the plant. Stupid people misusing their rights shouldn't take away the access to the benefits of medical marijuana or the relatively harmless fun of recreational weed for others who plan to use it responsibly. So someone, please, anyone in New Jersey, get this pastor an internet connection. That's it. Pull up a Google. Go to Colorado.gov. There's a huge link on their website for information on marijuana, and it has statistics. The state, which did not support marijuana legalization, the governor at the time, Hickenlooper, he was not for legalization. So you don't have to worry about them skewing numbers in the movement's favor. Those are statistics. Bring them to this pastor and bring them to any other person with these fears. You don't have to worry about the unknown anymore because we know. This is a call of action to the activists in New Jersey. Get to work. Get to educating. A lot hangs in the balance right now. Your governor is actually trying to make it happen. Last year, that statement would have never been spoken about New Jersey with Christie in office. Absolutely not. So now that you have this huge opportunity, get in there, do your part. Don't just count on the guy all the way at the top of the, the ladder or pyramid or whatever to, to get everything done. Get to work. Moving on to some good news. Weed is getting cleaner and prices are set to fall soon to Arizona First, where they've apparently been watching the weed with Charlotte Green's What's in Your Weed segment. 
ABC News reports that a Republican lawmaker in Arizona has persuaded nearly all members of the legislature to introduce a bill requiring medical marijuana be tested for mold and agricultural chemicals. Now, this measure would authorize state spending to test cannabis and would lower current patient recommendation prices from $150 to $50. Bucks. That's great. The lawmaker says customers need to know what's going on with this stuff they're buying, that they're convinced that it's going to help them. We want to make sure that they understand that it's not as pure and organic as they think it is. Well, legislator, just show them our what's in your week segment. Just that should be part of this law that you're passing is these dispensaries that are moving this product play what's in your weed constantly. So everyone knows to ask twice. I guess requiring testing could also help with that, but I mean, wouldn't hurt. Meanwhile, over on the best coast, Californians suffering from sticker shock from high weed prices and taxes on weed, which are around 30 fucking percent, should feel at ease in the coming year. The Washington Post writes that these high prices are a transitory measure as the supply chain matures and grows to meet demand. Colorado, now four years into legalization, has seen prices tumble by 50%, and Washington saw a nearly identical price trend as well. Hmm. Well, we talk a lot about weed that advertises itself to be greater than it is with the segment, What's in Your Weed? And it's great to see states wanting to implement testing so medical patients can really get the best possible care and medicine. And it's also good to see medical card prices dropping um, by like two thirds. That's awesome everything happening in Arizona. As for weed prices, it's easy to see why people are alarmed that prices are so high. Um, my man went over to Cookie's um, new LA store and bought a $500 ounce and paid like an extra 120, I'm not the greatest at math, but it was like there should be another half ounce there for the tax that you just paid on this really expensive ounce of weed. Weed really doesn't cost that much in California, at least not right now. So um, a lot of sticker shock for us. Uh, the weed was still very delicious. I will give it that much. Um, but that's a lot more, 30% more than what you were expecting to pay um, when you were walking in there. That's crazy. And many patients don't have the funds to buy the medicine they need or will have to settle for buying a fraction of the amount they need due to the high taxes. So it's good to hear that eventually prices will fall and patients will be able to fully access the care they need. Um, but I'd say our market is different than the market in Colorado and Washington. They didn't have a thriving, robust medical marijuana um, industry like the one that exists in California. The prices that we see now are like the medical industry's like last run at trying to command what they've been commanding. I would hope that prices fall. I just don't really see that. I know on the wholesale side of things, there are pounds going for 500 bucks already. 
So if that's going to go any lower, then I fear for the producers um, because that price has taken a massive tumble in just the last year. So a shift is definitely happening. Um, be aware. And to end today's pot topics, good news. 40 pounds of weed is found. Bad news, it was found in trash bags at an elementary school. Now police are wondering who is responsible. Newsweek reports that police in Albuquerque, New Mexico are looking into why someone left more than 40 pounds of pot near an elementary school on Thursday, but that 40 pounds wasn't the first major pot find near an elementary in the same region that week. Cops and stoners are mystified and have yet to find any leads on who might be wasting this weed. Quote, they just happened to dump them on school property. A spokesperson for Albuquerque Public Schools said, uh, it's all very, very strange. Yeah, that, that's the whole quote. <laughs> Marijuana is still illegal in New Mexico recreationally, but medical patients can possess up to eight ounces. <sighs> this is a really weird story, right? Good weed, pot found, bad weed at an elementary school. Um, not sure why the school doesn't have working cameras. That is really, really odd to me. Um, and we know nothing about the 40 pounds or the fact that a large amount of weed was found near another elementary school. All of this just seems really, really fishy. Almost as if it were purposefully planted. Purposefully. With legalization gaining wind across the nation, maybe some anti-weed protesters planted this there to pose a threat to children from the reefers, or I, I don't know. Am I going off on my conspiracy tangent? Did I smoke a little too much before the show? I told you guys I was going to cut back on smoking during the show. This is what happens. Um, but I definitely think something's going on with that. No cameras at any of these elementary schools. Everyone has a fucking camera. Every one of those kids walks in with a high death. How does the school not have? I would be concerned if I was a parent. If people are dropping off bags and bags of weed, 40 pounds of weed is not a small amount. You can't like hide that amount of weed, really. Not like that. Um, I don't know. It's weird, but I'd love to hear your thoughts slash theories on what exactly is going on in New Mexico. That wraps it up for today's Pot Topics. Comment letting us know what you think of these stories. Remember, the more you comment, the more you increase your chances of winning today's Parody Soap Swag Bag Giveaway. Okay? Head to theweed.tv for links to all the stories we covered. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter. Now let's get into today's Tank of the Day. Today's Dank of the Day is brought to you by our friends over at Cape Town Collective. Oh, well, yeah, this is the compliant packaging, I guess. I can't really flex the, the Cape Town branding anymore. Um, but find them at ktowncollective.com and right off Melrose in Paradiso Gardens. Find them at paradiso.gardens on IG. Um, again, 
swag bag. Up for grabs, pins, postcards, matches, share, comment, get involved. Now up from Cape Town Collective, we have one of their famous 60 milligram brownies. Chocolatey, but not too meaty tasting. Uh, yummy and soft. This brownie is the brownie you wish you had in college. <laughs> okay, we'll say that. The owner um, really puts her heart and soul to making sure that everything you receive from K-Town Collective is um, A1. So, you know if you love the show, I don't eat chocolate. I do not eat chocolate, but um, they just wanted you to know that they had these brownies. Assistant's probably going to walk away with this one if he wants it. You want it? Oh yeah, okay, so uh, Kate Down Collective is now both recreational and medicinal. Find them off Melrose in Los Angeles. And then we have Paradiso, oh, yeah, a little green crack and Candyland. So Leafly describes green crack as a strain that induces an invigorating mental buzz that keeps you going throughout the day with a tangy fruity flavor. Green Crack is the perfect daytime medication for patients treating fatigue, stress, and depression. Yum. I wouldn't mind a little Green Crack. I used to hate that name um, before I was like all the way activist and I was like secret activist and a news anchor lady for like CBS. I hated Green Crack. Prohibitionists love that, you know? When they're like, what about the kids? Have you heard of this? Green crack you want to give the kids green crack they just they don't understand strains it is a trigger word and it is very effective though so shout out to snoop for for branding that um but uh this one here candyland is a crossbreed of granddaddy perps and platinum cookies the jeans make for an upbeat stimulating high that spurs creativity and provides energy for daytime tasks Paradiso is a female-run company that invites you to vacation from the everyday and awaken your senses. Stop, smell the flower, enjoy paradise in a puff with Paradiso Farms. So we have K-Town's Brownie, the Green Crack, and the Candyland from Paradiso Gardens. Comment below letting us know where you're watching from and which one you think I should go with. We'll be watching the comments and I'll probably open up tomorrow's show with your selection. And um, the more you comment, again, the more you increase your chances of winning today's swag pack and your choice for a new one. It's not gonna be this used unless you really, really want one that I've used. Just playing, that's creepy and I'd go to jail because there's resin, we're not doing that, okay? You'll have an option. Big beta rig, little beta rig, comment and share, and let's find out what is in your weed. So last season, we learned that um, pretty much all cannabis products, now maybe like 90% are dirty, meaning riddled with pesticides, fungus, and mold, or inaccurate, um, meaning you think you're buying 20% THC, but there's really only 2% or none CBD living longer. So we started a wildly popular segment called What's in Your Weed, where we purchase products for sale at dispensaries, get them tested by scientists, then read the results live, just like Maury. 
This week we continue recapping the most interesting what's in your weed results. Today on the testing block, W Vapes. Full disclosure, this is a company I really, really like. They say their plants are sourced from organic farmers, tested for potency and purity, and their oil is tested on site and validated at secondary testing facilities. Now everything looked fine in their tests, um, except when we pulled up the residual solvent analysis. It found 1.37 milligrams of isopropyl benzene, which is apparently an organic compound, and anisole, an organic flavoring compound, um, and that is all according to Google. What does this mean? I don't know, and I can't begin to know what, um, because these are vape pens, what the combustion point and these other compounds like mean for the toker, for the consumer, but we are going to be talking to experts to explain it all. Now, I will leave you um, with the fact that I am still really open to using W Vapes in the future. In fact, I think I have one in my closet. Um, when W Vapes came on our show, a little background in case you're new to the what's in your weed part, we discuss popular products, trending products, and um, an assistant, not me, um, because I usually give them like the good stuff, like, hey, Charlotte, don't what's in your weed. So I send someone that most of you guys aren't familiar with to go and buy the products at the price point you pay. Then we take them to a lab. And before we read the results, we email, reach out, call every single company we plan on discussing and tell them, come through. We're going to be reading these results. I don't know what they are until I read them live. Um, we're recapping, so I've heard these before. But we invite all of them on, and W Vapes was one of the few companies that took us up on the offer. They brought a bunch of their awesome product with them, and they brought um, the lab results that I told you they say they um, have done before the product leaves um, their grounds and reaches the dispensaries. So the results were pretty similar um, with our results and theirs, and they stand by their product. So um, not every time that we bring up something we find in the results like these organic compounds doesn't mean it's necessarily a negative thing. We are going to talk to the scientists that can explain that, though. So. Uh, w Vapes gets a pass from me. If you bought a product you believe was dirty or marketed inaccurately and you want to find out the fuck is in your weed, send a suggestion to partners at theweedshow.co. Now this is where we'd usually introduce our guest and go to an interview, but we're doing a slow reintroduction of the show, finding our footing. I know we said you'd get interviews this week. Doesn't this count? Is this not enough? Um, we promised we have them. We are polishing them up because we can't compromise quality. So this next week, expect pot topics. Um, you get awesome interviews, promise. And um, then the following week, we're adding new test results to our What's in Your Weed series. So email us if you know of a product or brand that needs to be what's in your weeded for the sake of the people, okay? Now, everyone, be sure to subscribe to the Weed Newsletter at theweed.tv, the Weed Podcast on iTunes, and you can, of course, watch on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Just search The Weed with Charlotte Green and subscribe there. Again, 
shout out to everyone that is watching the live stream of this show. Let's do a final round of check-ins. You letting us, you know, us, this community, this food community, know where you're watching from, what you've been toking on, what you're walking away from this episode with. I think I'm rambling. Let's wrap it up. See you guys tomorrow.